0: Welcome to episode 89 of the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. Jesus was crucified and deemed a threat because he pronounced that he would be king.
1: Hi, this is Keith Tusi, and welcome to Leadership in Context. So glad you could be with us. For these next couple podcasts, I'm going to be addressing the issue of how do Christians relate to government? I think with the present COVID-19 things, there are a lot of good questions out there. I'm not real thrilled with some of the answers I've heard because I don't think a lot of them are biblical. I think a lot of them are ethnocentric in their answers, and I'm going to address what it means to have an ethnocentric theology as we go through these next couple times together. I want to read to you from Philippians, the third chapter and the 20th verse, it says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for Savior, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, My citizenship and my allegiance is first of all to the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, they are synonymous in the Bible, in the New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew uses the word kingdom of God. Most of the rest of the scripture uses the term kingdom of heaven, or vice versa, excuse me. Uh, Matthew uses kingdom of heaven. Uh, The kingdom of heaven is not ethereal. It is real. I do believe in the big picture, the better citizen I am of heaven means the better citizen I'll be on earth. However, that does not always mean compliance. What it means is a commitment for the best of all its citizens, not just some of its citizens, or the citizens that happen to hold power. And so what we're really comparing it to is eternal government versus temporal government, not righteous government or spiritual government versus civil government. But temporal government— That government which is real, which will fade away, it will change. People will be voted out. Uh, Whole nations change their form of government. Nations that once existed no longer exist. But God's government is eternal. And so that's what we should go with. That's the difference between truth versus fact. Facts are accurate but subject to change. Truth is accurate but not subject to change. It is eternal. So when you have a conflict of values... a conflict of how to apply wisdom or biblical principles, one of the things you say is which is eternal and which is temporal, which is subject to change and which is not subject to change. So I think a foundation that we have to establish before we talk about relating to temporal or civil government is understanding that first and foremost, it's God's government, according to Isaiah 9, of the increase there will be no end as he ex- continues to expanding his rule in his lordship. Now, please remember this fact, and this is very critical, and I think most modern-day Christians have lo- lost this, and that is this. Jesus was crucified, and Jesus was deemed a threat not because he pronounced himself a Messiah or a Savior, but because he pronounced himself, and it was pronounced that he would be a king. Remember when Herod went after Jesus, the reason that Herod went after Jesus was not because he was going to come and teach in the synagogue or he was going to have a great ministry or anything like that, but Herod came after Jesus because Jesus was going to be king. Now let me read to you, just to refresh your memory, from Matthew 2, the first couple verses, Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem. Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. When he heard what? Heard that there was a king. Now, what's interesting, what is Jesus the king of here? He's not king over a province or a piece of land, but he's king over a group of people who choose to follow him. Jesus is king of the Jews. So Jesus' kingship is not political uh, like we think it is. It's not absent from politics, but politics is defined by geographical borders. Jesus' kingship is not defined by geographical borders. Citizenship in the natural is defined by who's inside a certain realm, and kingdom in, in, the, in the eternal sense is defined as the king inside of your realm. So it's an inside-out government. So here's a good question to ask. Can you be a part of God's kingdom and not have Jesus as your king? If the foundation of kingdom is kingship, can you have Jesus as your Savior and accept somebody else as the King of your life, as the Lord of your life, as the benevolent dictator of your life, whatever term you want to put on it, can you accept that and, and not a, and not have Jesus as King? Uh, and what does that look like? So I say Jesus is King, uh, what does that look like? Number one, it looks like this. We believe that Jesus is the final judge and arbitrator about every area of our life. That he is the one that defines good, and he's the one that defines bad. He's, he's the one that blesses, or he's the one that resists. That he's the final arbitrator. See, that takes pragmatism out of the picture. That frees us from the dictates of just doing what's right or what's popular or what gets a crowd or what gets a blessing. And a lot of times that determined fact is what's dictating to the church in times past and right now as to what will work rather as to is what is eternal and what is true. Number two is if we're a kingdom person, we believe that Jesus' jurisdiction is now, not in the past and not in the future. It's both of those, but it's now. Jesus said to pray this way, pray thy kingdom come. In other words, live like my eternal truth is true now. Live like truth is a fact, okay, as it relates to us and it relates to his church. And I think one of the critical factors, too, that helps us discern this is in God's kingdom, uh, our response is based on our responsibilities not on our rights, okay? So it's not a right-based kingdom. We do have certain privileges, without a doubt, but our kingdom is based on our responsibilities. How do we respond to God? Those are just three factors that tell us what kingship means, and we've got to understand that going into this, we already have a king. We're not looking for a king. You know, I'm active politically but I'm not looking for a king. I'm not looking for a messiah. I'm not looking for somebody who's going to wave the wand and fix everything and do the job of the church. I understand what the church's job is, and I want to uh, do something that will allow the church to do its job. I want to have the person that's going to get in the way the least, and I'm going to cover that in our next podcast as we're together, okay? So how central— is the kingdom message to the gospel meaning how much was Jesus as king talked about it might be surprised you as you read through the new testament think about this when Jesus was telling parables and he referred to himself or God you know how he most often did that as king remember he told talked about servants that would give an account to the king in Matthew 18 and 23 Okay, in Matthew 22, he talked about a king who would give a wedding feast for his son and invite p- people. In uh, Matthew 27 uh, or Matthew 25, the, the parable of the talents, uh, when we are going to be judged not only for sins of omission or sins of commission, but he said, What? That as much as we've done it to least ease, we'd be judged by the king. Interesting, right? In uh, Matthew 27, when Pilate the governor is uh, lecturing Jesus, and he says, are you king of the Jews? You know what Jesus said? He agreed. He said, thou sayest. Jesus agreed that he was a king, and Jesus is king. He's not going to be king. He can be nothing less than king now. He was king. He is king. He shall be king. He can be nothing less, and we need to be under his kingship. We need to understand that. Jesus wants total allegiance. And when they crucified Jesus, what did they put above the cross? Here is Jesus, king of the Jews. They mocked that kingship. And so today, I believe one of the things that is happening is the world is mocking the kingship of Jesus And Jesus is looking for allegiant followers. If we don't settle that first in our hearts, then we will become proxy for any government, whether it's a good government or a bad government. If it's not God's government, it's idolatry. If we seek the approval of man rather than the approval of God, it's idolatry. We have to understand that. Now, that doesn't mean that we have to be defiant every time the government tells us to do something because they are invested with certain powers and and we're going to talk about those things. But here's what I want to leave you with today. Because Jesus is king and we temporally or temporarily live in a temporal kingdom, there is going to be conflict. There has never been a generation, there has never been a move of God, there has never been a revival There has never been a dispensation. There has never been a church age. There has never been a generation that has followed King Jesus that has not had conflict with another king or somebody who thought they were another king. So how we deal with that conflict is critical. But the baseline we've got to get real is pray thy kingdom come, not pray thy kingdom go away, okay? Not pray we get submitted to somebody else's kingdom. I can only truly be submitted to anything to the degree that I'm submitted to Jesus, and Jesus is king. Look it up in your Bible, run a reference on king. You'll be shocked at how many references there are to Jesus as king in his earthly ministry. And he is nothing less than that today. And there should be an allegiance in our heart toward him in everything we do. And we're gonna talk about some further details of that in our next couple of meetings together. God bless you. Hey, pass this on to somebody. Be a blessing to them.
0: Today, Keith began a discussion on how Christians should relate to government. We are not looking for a king. We already have one. Jesus is king. He is not going to be king. He is king. He can be nothing less than that right now. He was king. He is king. And he shall forever be king. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at inourpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at In Our Pastors. See you next week.